Now you can find, listen and subscribe to Chilling with Jens and the local Danfoss Climate Solution podcast in your RevTools app. Download it from danfoss.com. Service and support. Downloads. Hi, I'm Jens Andersen from Danfoss Climate Solutions. The life of a cooling expert could be a bit easier, less frustrating, than it may be once in a while. Trevor Matthews has got a few things to tell us about keeping your mind sane, healthy and in great mood, while you keep up with the rapid development in the business, in technologies and refrigerants. Seen from a Danfoss perspective, who are one of the many manufacturers that pushes technologies and business changes, it is absolutely necessary that the guys making these new technologies really work and function seamlessly are on top of the trade. Jamie Kitchen, Trevor Matthews and I had a great talk about both the hard and the soft skills that would make a cooling technician's life quite a lot easier. So, uh, hi, Jamie. Hi, Trevor. Uh, maybe we should start with an introduction of you two guys. Uh, Trevor, you are—you haven't been on, on, on this one before, the podcast. So, could you please give us a, a quick intro to yourself? What, where are you? What do you do? And uh, so on. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This is an honor to be here. Yeah, so I'm based out of uh, Canada, just outside Toronto, um, originally from the east coast of Canada. Uh, my company now is called Refrigeration Mentor, and what we do is we train, educate, and mentor refrigeration professionals globally uh, to really get them to the next level. So we train on technical topics, leadership topics. I also do coaching one-on-one -on -one really to help more people and serve people Uh, and get them to where they want to be in their career. Because I was a technician for many, many years, and I struggled along the way because I didn't have any mentors. I didn't have any coaches. People would be a phone call away, but it wasn't so something that I even thought of doing, like mentorship. I only started doing coaching and mentoring about uh, maybe four years, three or four years ago now, where I hired people to coach me and totally changed my life. I got my own business now because of it. Because, you know, helping change my mindset and, and changing my limiting beliefs, to be honest with you. And this is really what I try to help with contractors or OEMs or whoever I'm working with engineers is to really help them get into the right mindset and get them on the path to the goals that they want to reach. And that's really what Refrigeration Mentor is all about. Yeah. Great. Nice. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, just a quick uh, intro of you. Uh, I guess we, we should do that again. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I've been around for a while, Jamie Kitchen. Um, I've been with Dan Foster about 23 years in various roles. Uh, first, I was an uh, application engineer, then field service engineer, and then sales, and then training and sales, and kind of jumping back and forth between those wherever there's a need. But, you know, I 100% back up what Trevor says. I mean, in today's age where the workforce is 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 retiring and there's less people going into the trade than what we need it is absolutely paramount that we find the support for people that need it who are just starting out so that rather than having to you know call your boss which nobody wants to do um you know have readily available information for people to use and some guidance because we don't have the you know, senior tech traveling with junior techs and mentoring them anymore and apprenticeships like we, we should have. 
but you know should and what we actually have are two different things so um, anything to fill that gap is 100% absolutely welcome yeah I'm Jens Anderson I've been with Danfoss for almost half a century 45 years uh, I've done also several different things here at the company I started out as an apprentice uh, in uh, the electronic uh, as an electronic engineer um, I've been teaching uh, got a, a teacher training uh, along the way I've been uh, working with marketing for both drives and uh, cooling for yeah I don't know how many years now but at least uh, the last 25 years is probably with uh, uh, marketing in uh, in cooling so I've learned a few things uh, it's me. I need not... you as my coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it, it's it's it may not be my absolute a hundred percent, you know, top notch uh, knowledge uh, in 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 cooling, but uh, yeah, I've picked up a few things, like I said. <clears throat> okay. Uh, so the theme of today is, of course, uh, about teaching, training, apprenticeship, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um. I can only talk about how things look in in, uh, in 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 a few parts of Europe and of course especially in Denmark but how do you think it 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 differs from or rather how does the Canadian the North American situation differ from from uh, Europe do you have any idea um well, I'll go first uh personally I don't know how it works because i think every country is a little bit different in europe but the way it works in canada and even is different than a lot of the parts of the us in canada we have apprenticeship programs which is great these are four five year programs where technicians need to go to school and then go to work and then go to school so you're learning and working at the same time while you're making money which is great uh, and I was really proud to get my red seal because that was an accomplishment. I spent four or five years working in the field, going to school, doing blocks. And it's different different situations where some uh, provinces is you'll go two months to school and then you do uh, 10 months of work, two months of school, 10 months of work. There's some other provinces and places where you'll do four days of work a week and then one weekday you'll go to school, mm -hmm. depending your where you're at. And that is great. And I was really proud to get up to my journeyman certificate license. But that's really when the, the learning began, right? Mm -hmm. Now I'm responsible. I'm a journeyman. Like a lot of people think, well, you get your journeyman license or you feel that you should know everything. But that's really when the learning starts. Mm. And one of the things I'm trying to change in Canada and as globally in the refrigeration industry is continued per uh, professional development for refrigeration professionals. And I think that's where we need to start to change because here in Canada, after you get your license, you do not have to do any more schooling. You do not have to do any more education. And all of a sudden, you know, technology as we see changing so rapidly now, electronics, drives, yeah, digital, yeah. elect you know what I mean? And if we were, it was mandatory to take training every couple of years, just like my wife's in the health profession, she has to take uh, professional training, so many credits each year to keep her status. And I really think we need that because we're uh, it's changing so fast. And I think a lot of people want that. And this will force contractors to, and, and companies to have to put their technicians into training programs. 
That's just my thoughts. But I don't know how it works in Denmark and in Europe. It's it's it, it sounds pretty much like what, what what you said. It's it's also a mix between practical work, uh, uh, earning money, and and then uh, school often for two months at a time, and and then back again into the business and and uh, yeah, help wherever you can. Um, and actually. Yeah, it depends a bit on, on on which trade you you have chosen, but it could be four and a half year, and then you're done. Mm-hmm. And yet, you're not done in the sense that you don't have to learn anything more. No, you still have to do uh, certificates in in uh, I don't know. It could be welding. It could be uh, working with ammonia, for instance, or something like that. Right. So you 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 need to have a certification on on certain levels at least. To at least in the in, in the refrigeration business, so that you are certified to work with, yeah, ammonia, for instance, just a silly example. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but the thing is, uh, what we see here in Denmark, at least, and some parts of Europe, I know, <clears throat> is that uh, being a, 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 a what did you call it, a, a, a tradesman. Uh, uh, working uh, out of a white van is something which is a bit sort of looked down upon. You, you, mommy and daddy are telling you to get some sort of very high education and in the belief that you will then earn a lot of money, which may actually not be the case. But oh, I'm, I'm a factor to that. I went to university first. I did a business diploma. I did the four years, so I know all about it. Okay. Uh, yeah, but but uh, how do you see that? Uh, so you you are correct. Uh, that's still uh, even here. It's trades are still kind of looked down on. I've been hearing this since I even started an industry almost twenty years ago now. Um, but I think we're starting to do a little bit a better job. Uh, educating um, here in Canada. I'm in a group called Kick-Ass Careers where uh, we go around and talk to high schools and talk to the students, which is great. But I think here we're starting even at grade school level now and then working with the parents. That's the big Mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, when we see bigger results is when we talk to the parents and get them to understand that this is a great career that'll lead to more careers. And that's something that we don't talk about. We're, we're really mm-hmm. good at talking about internally in the refrigeration industry, but we're mm-hmm. not as good as talking externally outside the refrigeration industry and the potential paths that there is. Cause I don't believe a technician need has to be a technician for 25 years. No, absolutely. We, I agree. Yes. We need to train them for in the field seven, maybe to 10 years. I would say even max, some people can stay longer, but there's so much other out there growth and opportunities in our industry. We need to train more leaders where I've seen for many years, we're just training, you know, technicians, but those technicians, when they get my age, 35, 40, you know, 45, if they're not trained or educated to go into a sales role, a project management role, leadership role, it's their, they feel they're stuck. And then they leave the industry with all that knowledge you know, or just be frustrated with what they're doing. So mm-hmm. there needs to be a big shift 
And this is something that I, I'm trying to work on with contractors, with companies, where let's build training programs to see that that technician starting out as apprentice from day one, and by year ten they're running a whole division. You know, they're starting new divisions in other states or provinces for your mm-hmm, company. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, that's how you grow. You and you want to grow internally because I've seen so many times when I work for a manufacturer, or when I work for a contractor, they pull salespeople from different industries but have nothing, no understanding of refrigeration. Yes, and I agree. The best salespeople for refrigeration that I've ever met, they were on the tools before. They understood it and they developed their skills to be a business owner. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that's just yeah, my opinion. I, I'm thinking off the top of my head. Yeah, I know quite a few Red Seal, as you would call it, or CFQ, whatever you want to refer to. People who are running companies or they're, 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 they're working in the sales department with wholesalers, and they're some of the most valued assets for those employers only because they bring everything to the table. You know, they're, they're used to dealing with the public. They're used to talking to people there, and hopefully they're used, you know, they've, they've picked up communication skills. Many of them probably need better communication skills, but at the same time, that's something you can work on. It's pretty easy to teach communication skills. It's very hard to teach technical skills to somebody. That takes a long time. Yeah, it does indeed. And uh, I, uh, Trevor, I can I can indeed follow you. I mean, uh, some of the, the 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 great colleagues we have here at the company have all been on the tools. Mm-hmm. Maybe 20, 30 years ago, but they still have an idea of what is going on out yep. there in the real world, so to speak. But coming back to, to uh, yeah, well, mom and dad, I don't know if they should get all the blames, but how how would we go about getting a few more apprentices on board in the coming years? How do you see that? How would you uh, influence the younger people? So for me, what I think we need to stop talking internally about it because we're really good at doing this. We're having a conversation right now. We need to get external. Mm -hmm. We need to be bringing this to the public, the general public. How we do that, I don't know. Mike Rowe is a great person who's been doing this for 20, 30 years. You know, we need someone like that for the refrigeration industry to getting in front of the public. Um, The people that don't see how valuable behind the scenes of refrigeration it is from engineers to technicians you name it there are so many opportunities and then uh, financial benefits travel benefits like you Mm -hmm. guys been all around the world Mm -hmm. you know what i mean same here because of refrigeration but people don't understand that and i had to go i had to leave like i went to university i went to college and i got these diplomas and certificates at the end of the day i had to go take a trade to be able to travel the world to make mm-hmm. a couple hundred thousand dollars a year because mm-hmm. of refrigeration, you know, and I've seen people make more than what doctors make, but mm-hmm. I think we still need to change that conversation. Even that is, is not getting kids today or younger people involved in refrigeration. A lot of people, it's not about the money anymore, right? Because maybe their parents grew up and now their parents have a bit more money than their parents did. So they're kind of financially comfortable, but people are starting realizing their time is really valuable. And so what I've seen over the years is that a lot of technicians start to get burned out 
60, mm-hmm. yeah. 70, 80 hours a week. Yes. So we need to really talk, I believe, more to the public, but the value of having a work-life balance and how you can have it in refrigeration because we're always talking about, um, we got to work 60, 70 hours a week. We're getting burned out. There's on-call. There's all this stuff. And it's uh, it, to me, it's there's a lot of negative talk. Let's talk about the good things about it, how you can work 45, 50 hours a week and make a great living and have a work-life balance and refrigeration. There are going to be times, especially like supermarket work, what I did is, you know, you, you got to get a call on a Saturday night. Okay. But if we teach them and develop them the reasons why they do that and be able to serve their customers and, you know, have, be grateful and gra- have gratitude about, man, I service that, I fix that and help the customer understand that. We're not just uh, machines or robots going out. Mm. We're here to serve and help you. And when we start getting to the public, I believe, and this is what we need to do, I think, is getting outside the industry and talking to those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. So maybe we should start writing articles in newspapers and and stuff. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I, I, I've i reached out to the local newspaper I have up in the small town in Shelburne. There's a couple of local newspapers and just write about um, basic day-to-day things that people are concerned about. You know what I mean? Generally speaking, it helps people identify with what's going on in the industry. What does that technician do when he comes to your house? Why does he have to do what he does? Or why do they have to do what they do? Little things like that because... Most of the time, people have no idea. It's like when you take your car in for service and you get a bill for hundreds of dollars, you really don't see or understand what the person did, right? You just accept that this is what it costs. You complain about it and you try and avoid it. And, you know, when when you look at a piece of equipment that's operating, you know, it's incredibly important that it runs correctly and you need qualified quality people to do that. And I mean, Trevor, you know, you you mentioned that you took all the all this training and everything else. I think that there has to be an understanding that if you're going to invest your time in becoming the best person you can, there has to be some kind of, you know, reward for that. And the reward is money. I mean, the and it's what you mentioned about people not caring as much about money anymore. That is a concern because generally speaking you know i'll use the word my generation i'm 56 but money was a big thing like you know i worked multiple jobs all the time to make money right and if i could go find another way to make more money that was great and you know you you have worked yourself to death maybe that as you say isn't appealing to people anymore so what else can we offer to them aside from yes you're going to make a comfortable living but that quality of life thing is really something that we need to address. And I think that also comes down to staffing levels. The reason you're working so many you know, damn hours all the time is because everybody's understaffed, right? They can't get qualified people. You get more qualified people, you're probably going to see that change. Yeah. One of the things that I've, I've been thinking of, and this is, this is way above me and us, is but getting the governments involved where it's mandatory for people to take a trade for the first four or five years, and then they get free education. They can go to university, college, they do their five or six years, whatever it is, and then they can go to school. Because I had to pay forty, fifty thousand dollars for uh, a, a certificates and diplomas that I, I don't use. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I haven't mm-hmm. used. 
I mm-hmm. have now because I went back and retook courses that it was, but that was 20 some years ago, right? Yeah. So if we can come up with something like that, because school here in Canada is very, very expensive, but there's kind of a reward if you do take a trade and you maybe do these steps and you get to this point, then you get some free education for four years. I don't know. I think that yeah. that could be a start. Yeah. And generally speaking, the college as opposed to the university, um, I'm probably going to confuse some Americans here by talking about this, but um, community college, I think, is probably what they refer to it down there. But, I mean, I took a three-year diploma, technologist diploma at uh, Humber College in, in what's called the built environment. And times are different now, but I remember when I graduated, I had $78 in debt from school, right? That's all I had, right? And it was basically a small loan that I took out to try and build some credit. Now, you probably can't do that today, but community college or college isn't vastly less expensive than university. And there's a lot of locations that you can go to. And the idea that you can come out of a, a community college in two or three years, you go and you start your training and education in, on the trade, and you can come out with, you know, large amounts of salary and very little debt. And that's a, and that, and that's a big deal. I mean, because... To me, this debt hangs over your head for a long period of time, right? And it takes a long time to pay back. So um, it, the fact that you can go to a school, you can come out with a great paying education, and at the same time, everything is front-loaded because you don't have these massive loans you got to pay off when you get out of school, right? And to me, that's that's a big difference. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's a bit hard for me to relate to because yeah yeah I'm sure you know that we have uh, more or less free education here in in, in little Denmark. That's mm-hmm. not the case in the rest of of of, of Europe, of course. But uh, most of the Nordic countries, I think, uh, has free education. Um, so it's it's slightly different from from what you're talking about. What I can see, though, is that um, also what you are saying, both of you are saying that once you have uh, learned a trade, you can actually earn quite a bit of money on top of that. And mm-hmm. if we look at, uh, at at life income over your lifespan or your work life span, you're pretty good off, actually, with a... With, uh, 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 a, a training as a refrigeration engineer or something like that. Definitely even better mm-hmm. off, according to some of the statistics I've seen, you're actually better off than uh, yeah, even a dentist or a candidate uh, of, of, of something, whatever that should be. In the first five years, I'm sure, especially because of the, again, the student load. But Trevor, you made a good point a, a while back that there has to be something I don't know if you want to call it a carrot or whatever, that, you know, you're not always going to be a technician. I mean, you don't want to make it sound like, you know, your basic training, you got to grind through this hell in order to to, to get to something better. But, you know, people, even when I taught at Humber College, people would often say, I just want to be a mechanic. And what they're really saying is, I just want to be a mechanic. So I don't have to learn everything else. Right. I don't have to learn communication. I don't have to learn psychometrics. I don't have to learn, you know, all this fancy enthalpy stuff and everything else. Right. Um, and 
I always found it a little bit downtrodden when you're trying to do that because it almost sounds like you're limiting yourself. I'm just going to be a mechanic. That's all I'm going to be. I'm going. It almost makes it sound like I'm going to be this 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 grunt that goes around and takes stuff out and puts it back in again, and I'm dirty all the time. But you and I both know that is about as far from the truth as you can possibly get, right? Yes, you have to work hard, but you know, let's say you put your ten years in in the trade. You know, if you were looking to expand upon the trade, what would you recommend somebody to do if they were planning out their life right now? Like, let's say, for example, you know, they didn't always want to be on the trade. What options would you see available to them once you'd already put your time in? For me, if I I could go back, to be honest, I would have invested more time um, into personal development. So taking Dale Carnegie courses, which I've taken to be able to speak to customers better than I did because I had to wing it until I learned how to do it better. Mm-hmm. Um, sales courses, project managers courses, all these different things that would lead me up to be able for me to run the business that I'm running today. So mm-hmm. I'm learning all this stuff in the last three years. But if I would have started it when I was 18 or 20, even though I'm doing uh, being uh, working towards my journeyman ticket or my my red seal and refrigeration, Having the opportunity to do these other courses and have people tell me, okay, instead of like, I got to go take all these technical courses. No, well, you should take some business courses. You should take some personal development courses. I got stacks and stacks of books here that I read now because I used to think in my head that I was no good at reading up Mm -hmm. until about three or four years ago. I read lots of technical manuals. I read books when I was in courses and stuff, but at the end of the day, I didn't read. I've Mm -hmm. learned so much in the last three or four years because I think I developed, you know, I got more experience. I'm going, getting older. I got kids, but I be, I read every day now. And if I would have started that at 20, my life would be different than what it is now. Cause Mm -hmm. in books, you can learn and download someone's life in 20, you know, in, in say two weeks or three weeks or a month, 25 years of knowledge. Yes. You know, yeah. so that's the things when I was younger, uh, I didn't take advantage of and didn't have mentors. I didn't have any coaches. So for me, I would have been every year investing three to 5% of my salary into investing in myself, education, growth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's well, what I would, I would do. Okay. That's interesting. Cause I mean, I, I put myself in your shoes too, and I wasn't much different. And I always remember the saying, you can't go back and, and the reality is, you know, and the saying goes, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. But, you know, your brain at 19 or 20 years old is a lot different than your brain at 35. So, you know, if you put yourself in the shoes of, <laughs> of, of somebody much younger, you know, and I recall back to my students, you know, there's always a couple of students who were just like the way you explained you wish you were, right? They're very outgoing. They're always hungry for more information. And, you know, there's always one or two out of that group of 30. But when you look at the other group of people who really may not have at that moment, those people skills, those, you know, self-confidence, all those things are just, I mean, heck, half these kids are 17, 18 years old, right? You know, that we have coming through and we're expecting them to make these life decisions. To me, the biggest safety net or insurance or whatever you want to call it is the fact that, look, folks, this is always going to be worth something. This is not going to be that, you know, investment in a degree that you made 
that you're going to regret the rest of your life, right? Because you're not going to get anything out of it, you know, other than some good memories. You know, you can't go wrong with this investment, even if you don't like being on the tools. This experience, this knowledge is going to be invaluable. It's going to set you apart down the road because that is 100% true. If you have two candidates, right, and one has technical skills and everything else is the same in this industry, the person with technical skills is going to win out 100% of the time. You know, that's just the way it is because they bring so much more value to the table. So how do we you get know. this to the public? You know what I mean? Like, how do we, well, get this, once again, thing, we're talking we internally here. Yeah. So I think that's where, and the funny thing is, is I can go to the schools and I can talk about this, but they're going to turn around and they're going to say, yeah, but what about funding and everything else? Right. Where do we get the money for this? Where do we get the equipment for this? You know, we have to dedicate all these hours to all these different things. And so you're absolutely right. You have to start at the top level and at the, you know, parental level. That's really where it has to start at a very early age so that you remove some of this stigma from going into the trade. But at the same time, you also introduce that value. So, I mean, whether you do it at the schools, whether you do it with the parents or both, the government, you know, we've been trying to do the government stuff for how many decades now, right? It's, you know, hit or miss, but that's a good question. I don't really have an answer for it either. I wish I did. Yeah. Anyway, it sounds like we need a plan. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if we can build a plan right now or yeah. we need some do you extra get the same, time. Do you get the yeah? same feedback, Trevor, from your clients when, you know, they're, they're saying they wish they'd done this earlier? Would you going through all this training? So what I do is I did say that earlier, but I, I really try to get that out of their mindset. It doesn't matter what happened in the past. It's not going to mm -hmm. change what the present is and how you get ahead in the future. Mm -hmm. So what can we do today to take action, be consistent and persistent to get to where we want to be? Mm -hmm. One of the things I see, and I was there for a long time, people have no direction, mm -hmm. right? So they're just drifting through life and they don't have... Uh, set many goals they don't have a vision for what mm -hmm. they need to do they just each day they're just coming in doing their thing and going home and i've done that for a long time mm -hmm. until once again got into my mindset that i can do a lot more than what i'm doing mm -hmm. and that's really when my life started to change getting coaches and mentors telling me and working with me that if i put a little bit more work in I'm going to get a little more out of it. And the more you put mm -hmm. in, the more you get out. I spend more time with my kids now that I own my own business and I work all the time because I schedule all my stuff now where I couldn't, mm -hmm. I didn't even know how to schedule my stuff. Mm -hmm. So I really believe when I, I'm working with clients and customers is that we find visions and goals that they're looking to achieve in career and life, because that's where I really think we need to start making a stand because it's not only about work. It's about life as well, because we're mm -hmm. only here for so long, but how can you make that the best life and do it while you're in the refrigeration industry? Because this is what I'm really passionate about because there's so much value and mm -hmm. we need to help. Well, I try to help educate businesses, technicians on how to be more efficient with their time. Cause lots of people say I'm busy. I hear this all the time. I heard it working for many different companies. I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. Are you busy just to be busy or are you busy on the actions towards your goals and visions that you want to accomplish? And this is what I'm trying to bring into the refrigeration industry where we don't have, see this very much on mindset, on beliefs and things like that. 
I'm trying to take it from other industries and mm-hmm, you would see it mm-hmm. in your corporation. You guys would have retreats and get togethers to try to help motivate your team. But in refrigeration, that's not much of that's happening. Trying to bring this in and help people set goals and visions. Just like I did when I first started out, like my goal was same as you, Jamie, it was money. Well, I got into refrigeration because I heard that I can make a lot of money, mm-hmm. $50 an hour nearly blew mm-hmm. my mind and I can travel mm-hmm. the world while doing it. Mm-hmm. And, but I got to a point, my vision was, okay, I got to get my ticket. So I worked towards that goal. Mm-hmm. But when I got to that goal, that was it. I was a journeyman and I had my ticket and now it was just same, repeating the same thing in and out. But yeah, I had yeah. a ben- I had a little bit benefit because I knew I wanted to travel. So that was a goal in the back of my mind that I always had. So even though I was going doing the day in, day out, I started to get the traveling and where still a lot of people are just drifting and there's no, there's no set course. You're not taught Mm -hmm. in life, uh, uh, how to, where, where you want to be at 55 or 60, you know? So that's what I'm trying to bring into the refrigeration industry. I know that was a Mm -hmm. mouthful. Yeah, but no, it makes sense, especially once you made a good point is that once you get your goal, like setting a goal is great, but what what do you have planned after that? Okay, you know, getting your ticket, that's a huge goal. Most people, that would be the apex, right, when they're, you know, younger. But once you get that, you're absolutely right. What do you have to have now to plan the next step? And you're absolutely correct that life gets in the way and you get busy, but the things you get busy with are controlling your life rather than the other way around. Right. And that's, and that, yeah, it's making that time for yourself and controlling your time and everything else can be a real challenge in in this industry. I'll certainly admit that. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. It's a very interesting discussion indeed. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if I, I don't think we can, uh, say solve anything or revolutionize the world today but we could at least start and and uh, mm-hmm. trevor trevor you're on the way i can hear you yeah. have a vast experience in these things and i mean one of the things that i took note of is is the uh the personal aspect in this that you you need to have uh, a personal life mm-hmm. you know a real life, not just a a work life. There's so much more than work, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that's at least one of the things I took. Um, thank you so much, guys. Um, thank you, Trevor. And uh, I had a very, very good time uh, listening to to what you say. Yeah, I could and just keep talking because it's interesting. You know, yeah, all these questions uh, well, yeah. come up in my head now, you know, that we just continue on. Like, you know, the fact that you get technical certification, you get your red seal. Does that give you, you know, the leverage you have now with your employer to, 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 to not, I don't use the word demand, but, you know, request and, and, and accept nothing less than having them give you a personal life. You know what I mean? Setting limits on your hours and everything else, because you're a highly valued employee. Mm. Right. Yeah, so Exactly. exactly. But thank you so much. Uh, thank you for your time. Uh, and uh, I hope you keep battling on, Trevor. Yeah. You Trevor, thank you very much. I learned something today, too. I learned lots today, actually. I appreciate it. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to have a chat with me. I love uh, I love having the conversations. And I always say, let's get a conversation going. So yeah. let's do it That's again. a good way to Great. put it. Yeah, that's excellent. 
Thank you for listening in on this podcast, and I hope that you've learned that you didn't pick the wrong trade. But maybe you should give your entire life a service call and see if any of Trevor's great advices may apply to you. Please give us feedback on Chilling with Jens in one word at danfoss.com. And as usual, stay cool and above all, stay safe.